Insane Transformation Podcast. And who would have thought a handful of textures and a pink unicorn sketchbook is all that it would take to disrupt your industry? It is 4.13 a.m. on Sunday. Coming to you from Australia's capital, Canberra. There is an absolutely freezing cold wind coming off the mountains and I don't know it feels like it's blowing directly onto my front window here and penetrating the window and just absolutely chilling my bones but anyway good morning good afternoon and good evening to you from wherever you are listening to the podcast at the moment the the nice thing about not having a specific set production plan is that I can take feedback. So if someone sends in an email based on the last podcast, I can take that feedback. And so for instance, the last one was abstraction. So I can take that feedback and pull it into the next episode or even maybe design an episode around that feedback. And that's basically what today is. I I wasn't planning on doing this session, but I did get a really good question on sketchwork and on where sort of design thinking comes in or doesn't come in to the work that I do. So obviously it's very it's a very specific question to me, but I think anybody that's looking to really start to improve some of their service or product designs, I think they can really benefit from using sketches. Is especially if you're if if you're someone who has a lean six sigma background, or maybe you've got a sort of a hard science background. You've got a you know master's in chemistry, or you know even finance. You know, working with a lot of numbers and things like that. Chances are you probably don't use much, if anything, in terms of sketches, and you're probably the person that will benefit it more benefit from it more than most now I, I think to set this up I'll give you a couple good examples and again if you if you know how I do this like literally I'm I make up these examples I'm staring out into space while I'm recording the podcast and I'm just thinking of some random example that I can use to explain whatever topic or whatever situation I'm, I'm going to try to talk through. So the, the interesting thing about design work, I guess first I'll share my own introduction to design thinking and sort of how I got into sketch work. But then I'll, I'll talk about, I think, how this affects most people in terms of their ability to recall information. So there's two parts to recall, right? There's the storage and there's the recall. And then I think is, and this is of course, given that I can remember these three points by the end of the podcast. And then there's the third point where 
I'll actually talk about sort of how we use this from day to day. So we'll see if I can remember those. So my intro to design thinking and sketch work, a little bit on storage and recall, and then sort of how I'm how I'm using this. And feel free to stop for a coffee break like I'm doing right now. <laughs> All right, so I when I did my master's, so I did my master's in uh, tech entrepreneurship, when I did my master's, there was an entire course dedicated, to, I would think it was actually called design thinking, so an entire course dedicated to design thinking. And that was the first time I really ever started to do any sort of sketch work. So, so previously I would Whenever I would sit down with a client to do an intake, you know, when we first are getting information around the proposal and trying to understand what it is the client wants to accomplish, whenever, whenever I would do that, I would just be taking notes, right? So just actually, whether I was using OneNote, which is my sort of my preferred note-taking app, or just writing down notes in a notebook, I would just be writing text, right? So they'd say something like, well, we've got 1,200 employees across the country. We have three different lines of business. We've got 16 services that we provide and da, da, da. And so I'm writing these all out as notes, which th that's pretty helpful if you have to respond to a proposal and you need specific bullet points in there. All right. So if you think about even if you're just creating like an executive summary or you're trying to give direction to a team, and you want specific things included in there, yeah, that, that can work too. So the point I'm trying, oh, and also, because I'm a Lean Six Sigma black belt, I use, you don't have to use a lot of statistics and charts and things like that, but I, I tend to use quite a bit. So pretty much any intervention or any engagement that I'm involved with is going to have a lot of charts. We, we use run charts, control charts, those types of things. So it's pretty, uh, you know, stat and data heavy. And this was another thing. So for me to, you know, if I'm if I'm writing something out and I'm thinking about how to baseline something, I'm, you know, I'm obviously, I'm looking for numbers. I'm looking for hard facts and, and things like that. Now, when I, when I started doing this course, this was quite interesting. I, I think the, the course opened with, like a self-portrait or something, right? So the very the very first thing is you're actually getting straight into sketching, and then eventually you start doing, not eventually, you're you're pretty quickly starting to sketch out services or products or things like that. And when you're interviewing customers and meeting with customers, you're doing a ton of sketches. But this actually opened with a self-portrait, and I still have this self-portrait, which was just done on a sticky note. I still have this self-portrait sitting uh, on the top of my laptop not because i think it looks like an amazing self-portrait or anything like that but it's just kind of a reminder and and what's interesting is um my my look changes quite a bit so my hair changes every other week my facial hair changes my style look everything changes a lot and in this particular picture i have kind of an undercut with a bit of a like a long comb comb over and i can see all the dots on my face for my beard, so I had like a bit of stubble, but it's just a in interesting picture. So in that course, we started to do quite a bit of sketching, and and one of the things we would do is 
we would be required to, when we're interviewing customers and actually meeting with folks, to not write down any words. So you go in to have a conversation with someone and you're not allowed to write a single word down that describes what this person's talking about. Now, th this is for a specific purpose. The purpose is to get you sketching and to cut the tether that requires you to have to write out every single word that someone says. And then eventually you might go to a blended model, which is kind of what I do now. But at that point in time, you're just doing sketches. And so I guess one of the first things is people have this fear about their art. Well, most people, not everybody. Some people are phenomenal artists. But most people have this fear about the quality of their art and their images and their sketches. And they're worried about being able to create whatever, an image of a customer standing on top of uh, a table with a tennis racket or something like that. I don't know why they'd be doing that, but whatever. And so they're kind of stuck in their own head, being able to get the idea out and be able, being able to get the image on paper. But what, what's interesting when you start using sketches is that if, if you think about an interaction that you would have in a normal business situation, you know, typically you'll explain something to someone. Right? And so they start to make a picture of this thing in their head and then they start to sort of write the notes or unless they're just writing verbatim what it is you're saying, which is terrible for recall. But let's say they're making that picture in their head and then they're creating that picture uh, in their head and then they're, write, they're translating it into words and, and writing out those words. Well, then there's this issue where that sort of gets lost in translation because we play those words back to the person that gave us the original story and it doesn't match their story and right and then they have to go back into their head and they have to create a picture of what it is you've just written down and things like that whereas if if someone is describing a story or some situation or some interaction with a product or service or whatever so they're telling you what happens with their service interaction and you sketch it okay you can turn that sketch to them and they can see immediately that you've got the sketch where it needs to be or that it's completely wrong or that you've left out some details even if it's bad right it might just be a little stick person or a little box person I like to draw box people so it's a little box person but they can see really quickly that you've missed something and they might grab the texture or the sharpie or whatever and they might add in some details or they might just explain to you what it is you've missed but the nice thing there is that you've actually almost taken the picture out of their head and put it on paper so that you guys can both see the same picture. Okay, this is pretty important. It's also important from the perspective of storage and recall, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But in my design course, I think this is one of the biggest things for me was learning to not have to rely on words and learning that I can actually sketch out a service or a process or a system or a product or whatever and find that even though the sketch was shockingly bad, and they still are, although I seem to be getting comments, uh, compliments a lot more than I did in the beginning now. But even though the sketch is shockingly bad, it is able to, to capture and convey the picture that's inside the person's head that you're talking to. So it's, it's quite effective in that. And for me, this was a huge transition coming from someone who you know, always from uni, I would take pages and pages and pages of notes. And I got really good at note taking. 
So to go from that to sketching was quite a quite a difficult transition. But what I what I started doing, and what I found was absolutely amazing, and this gets us to storage and recall. What I found was, I forced myself to carry around a sketchbook. So I left my notebook at home. I stopped using the notebook, and I started bringing a sketchbook. Actually, I can remember a funny story. One of this is one of the first times I did this. I was meeting with a pers- I didn't get this job by the way. I was meeting with a pers- prospective client, and we were meeting at a coffee shop uh, near an escalator in um, in Sydney CBD. And I I was wearing, on this day, I was wearing a Hawaiian shirt because I felt like, oh, you know, I'm going into this, this design mode, you know, I'm being very creative now. And I was wearing a Hawaiian shirt and I've got my sketchbook and my, all my different colored textures. And this, this um, was a woman from a financial services company. And she, when she first came down, she looks at me and she's like, uh, because yeah, I had a, I had a pretty good referral as someone who squared away and. So she comes down and she's looking for this consultant, this management consultant. And here I am in a Hawaiian t-shirt with a bunch of colored textures. You know, I'm drawing pictures and stuff like that. She probably thought it was a complete nutcase. Although we know now that these are the people that you want to bring into your organization, right? To break down those barriers. Anyway, so I'm sitting there and she comes down and she's really like confused about who I am and what I'm wearing and what, and you got to think about Sydney. I mean, not not all of Sydney, not all the folks in Sydney are, are like this, but there it's this very sort of, especially in the financial district, tends to be quite hoity-toity. You know, you're in your suit, you got to look, you know, gray suit, blue suit, black suit, whatever. You're in your suit, you've got to look and act a certain way, and you've got to carry on because, you know, a certain way because you're dealing with these financial executives. And anyway, it was um, it was quite funny. I ended up not getting that gig and they had a heck of a lot of problems going on in that organization last time i checked actually from my friend that referred me they still haven't solved it so you know what i'm still available if you want to call me in but guess what i'm going to be wearing that uh, that hawaiian t-shirt so anyway i started leaving my notebook at home and i would bring a sketchbook and what i found is i would have i would have sessions with people and i, I still would have to take some written notes but I would try to make my sketches at least sort of 70, 80% images and sketches and, and actual pictures and things like that. And then I would just fill in like specific numeric details or quant details or whatever where I needed them. So for instance, if I if I gave you that example at the beginning about there's a workforce of say 1,200 employees, well then in this case it might be that the employee is standing on top of the table holding the tennis rack and I've got racket and I've got 1,200 written into their, across the front of their shirt, okay? And if there's multiple roles, then I might have multiple box people, one box person representing each role, something like that. But I would still try to incorporate the quant data wherever wherever I could. But when I started doing this, the interesting thing is, well, a couple interesting things. One, because I would be sketching this out in front of people, they could see what I was sketching. And I would actually turn the sketch to them and say, is this what you want? Is this what you're talking about? Is this the design? Is this where in the process you're getting held up or caught up or whatever the case? They they were very, most people are very, and especially in the beginning, were very open to taking that texture from me and actually sketching on the book with me. And because it was shocking, they're not worried about their own images, right? They're, they're, they're and most of the time they are better than mine. So they're more inclined to just start sketching on there and drawing a better box person than my box person. 
but it was it was much more engaging because I, I didn't just have a bunch of notes like they could actually see the pictures and the other thing that started to happen is when I would sit down to write the proposal I I found that I just needed to refer a lot less to the notes and the actual document because the the images again came out of my head and the way the images were linked together meant that I could just recall the conversation in much more detail. I could actually hear things that the person was saying when I was looking at a specific image. And this is just the way it worked for me, but it worked phenomenally well. So I started to do this quite a bit. So one of the things that you'll see when you start doing sketches is that you're going to be able to, it's called storage and recall, you're going to be able to store information across different nodes in your brain in a way that you might not have otherwise been able to do if you were just writing black and white notes, right? Just writing down verbatim what someone's saying. You know, even if you start to paraphrase, which is a, a more optimal approach to note-taking, and so you're writing it in your own words, even if you start to paraphrase, you're going to get better coding depending upon how you're doing your sketches and using a combination of sketches and actual words. So what I found is I, I started sketching like when I would do interviews or I would do introductions to team members and things like that. And like here here's an example. This is literally just off the top of my head. I can I can sit down and think about a meeting that I had. This is an introductory meeting I had with someone and I can see there's a picture of a trash bin or a rubbish bin or trash can if you want to call it that. There's a picture of a, like a chest, like a treasure box, right? So trash and treasure. There is a picture inside the treasure box. There's a picture of an old computer with an old language, a programming language written on it. There's a picture of a key and the key is under the stairs. And the reason the key is under the stairs is because this person had a key making business and it was under the stairs uh, in a mall. Actually, I think it was in... Sydney, probably at the same place that I was wearing my flower t-shirt. But the point I'm trying to make is that I haven't looked at that picture since I since I drew it. And you can when you do this, you'll you'll be amazed at how well your brain can hold on to this this information and these images and there's a reason for it. So I can think back to these um examples of me having discussions with people. And in vivid detail, I can recall the conversation and I can recall the conversation and specific things they said because of the pictures that I wrote. And what's interesting is because of the way the pictures link together, I can follow one image to another image and get to another part of the conversation or more detail in the picture that maybe I couldn't originally think of. So it's absolutely amazing how well this works. Now, I'm not going to, so my background is psychology. I'm not going to get into the actual, I'm not going to start rattling off the original theorists and the, the folks that did all the experimentation on this. So you're getting my, the Mike Kairossi abridged version on how storage and recall works. But let me explain just kind of simply how, how this works. Let, let's say you had, for, this is going to be a weird example, but let, and it's just what popped into my mind. So let's say you're standing in a field, a grass field. And hopefully it's not pitch black for you like it is. Actually, pitch black might work. It's still pitch black outside for me because it's early in the morning. So let's say it is pitch black. That might be better. Let's say there are 10 flags 
and I guess it doesn't matter if the flags are different colors, but let's say there's 10 flags and they're just placed in the ground in this field. And each flag represents a memory of something. So let's say one of those flags is a recipe for Greek salad. I know it's bizarre, but let's just say Greek salad is amazing and you've got this recipe. So whatever is contained in this recipe, my personal favorite is a bit of feta, tomato, cucumber, some Greek olives, little balsamic, little olive oil, right? So you've got that recipe there. Now, there are a bunch of other flags here as well. There's maybe a flag for picking the right electrode in a stick welding process and you're doing vertical welding and what's the electrode that you need to use? Maybe you've got something in there for the, I don't know, some formula, Pythagorean theorem or something like that. Maybe you've got some formula, maybe you've got directions somewhere, maybe there's a conversation you had with somebody, but each of these flags represents some bit of information, okay? Now, if you wanted to get to that flag, and again, it's pitch black, okay, so you're standing in the middle of a field, and you want to get to that flag that was the memory of the recipe for Greek salad, how do you get there? It, like, if, if I spun you around three times in a circle, and you were, so and again, it's pitch black, which direction are you going to walk in? Like, it, it's really difficult for you to get to that memory sometimes, right? So we, 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 ha we know we have a memory of something in our head, but we're struggling to get there. Okay, but you know it's coded, right? It's coded to some node is what we'd say. So it's coded somewhere. Well, this is the, the, this is the issue of recall, right? How, how do I get to that, that Greek salad? Well, what, what if you had coming off of that flag, you had a little string, Okay, or maybe you had multiple strings. And let's say one of those strings went to another flag, and that flag was a Thanksgiving dinner that you had with your family, say, five years ago. And it was five years ago that you maybe were first introduced to that Greek salad. So you could actually, if you could find that flag, you could grab that string and you could pull on that string and follow it all the way over to the recipe because you could maybe see in your mind that Greek salad. Maybe you could even remember what it smelled like or what it tasted like or a specific conversation you had with someone during that Thanksgiving dinner when they, when they were eating or you were eating that Greek salad while you're having some conversation. What if there was another flag where you remember sitting down watching a cooking show with your partner where that Greek dinner was introduced or that Greek uh, recipe was introduced. Or maybe there's another flag where you're hanging out with your kids and your kids are helping you make it, right? So what I'm actually saying here is that you could have multiple flags, all of them with a string that you could pull on and you could follow and trace back to the recipe. So this is the cool thing about recall. If you can find any one of those flags that links to that bit of information that you want, you've got a really good chance then of even in pitch black in the middle of a field, finding your way over to it, right? Because if you start walking around and even just through trial and error, you pick up a flag and you're like, oh, this is Thanksgiving. Wait a minute. I can pick up this string and I can walk over here. Then you're going to get there, right? Now, let's go back to what we're actually talking about today, which is me having 
a bulletproof coffee uh, in, in this uh, pitch black, freezing, cold Canberra weather. No. So it's really about looking at sketchbooks and how we start to incorporate sketching and how it improves, ultimately, your ability to better code or code some more sort of areas in your mind and also improve recall. Because just like I gave that example earlier about there's a key and the, the placement of the key is under the stairs and it helps me remember how these things are linked together. So when you're doing your sketch work, it's the same thing because you're pulling multiple examples from multiple maybe places in your own experience or from the way this person is sharing their ideas. You're pulling these multiple examples. So when you sketch out that conversation or that service or some part of that product, if there's multiple sketches on there and some text and things like that, you're, you're much more likely to be able to recreate a bigger chunk of that scene or that memory by just grabbing one little part of the sketch, one little image, right? Just the same way that we were able to get to that Greek salad recipe by going from Thanksgiving or sitting on the couch with our partner, whatever the case is. And the other cool thing is that when I, when I do this, I don't necessarily get all the detail from the text, but I can often recreate, you know, like that 1200 as an example. And that actually, that 1200 was from a customer visit that I had. Ironically, there was a customer visit where they had, I think it was eight, eight to 1200 employees or something like that. So it's, it's like that you, you can still get back to the words, even though you don't remember the words specifically, but the images help you get to the words. Now I, I said in the beginning, I was going to talk about, you know, kind of my background, how I kind of got introduced to it, which I did in a very brief sort of way, talk about storage and recall, which I gave you. And then the last piece is sort of how I, how I use this. And I've kind of hit on that a little bit throughout the podcast, but I'll give you a couple more examples. So when we, when COVID hit, I, my favorite notebook, which I ended up buying multiple notebooks with the same cover was one that my daughter gave me. It was a, or the first one was a pink sketchbook with a unicorn on the front, which again is funny because here's this, this guy rocking up in this Navy suit. Um, unless I'm having a, a flower shirt day, which I have a lot more of these days. But so, you know, this consultant rocks up with his Navy suit because he's meeting with some finance execs and then he pulls out his pink unicorn notebook and proceeds to create pictures of of your <laughs> of your finance system and your billion dollar problem. So anyway, I I started with that sketchbook and then I loved it so much cuz my daughter gave it to me that I ended up getting another one with the same cover, but I went from all these different sketchbooks where they have these funny kooky images, but the nice thing is when you walk around with a sketchbook, which is just a blank sheet of paper, as opposed to like a lined notebook, you're also much more comfortable doing these sketches. The other thing is I started carrying a handful of Sharpies. So I've got this Door of the Explorer texture bag, and then I've got my sketchbook. But when COVID hits, because we're having a lot more meetings, you know, virtually, then I couldn't bring my sketchbook. It's not that I couldn't bring my sketchbook. It's just that it wasn't as useful. What I what I started doing was getting into the use of a, a sketch application. So I use Autodesk Sketchbook, which is absolutely phenomenal. And then I got a sketch pad. And so now a lot of times when I go to meetings, I'll still be doing sketches, but I'm doing the sketches using, you know, an actual sketch pad or whatever. I think it's probably, my, my preference is probably still to use 
an actual sketchbook, a physical sketchbook. But the nice thing about the digital one is I don't have to take a picture of it. I've got it saved directly into my OneNote so I can pull up the file. I can actually type alongside of it and everything is there. And again, it's just easy to use. At the same time, you can flick that sketch of the product or the service or whatever straight back to the client. Actually, while you're you know in the in the meeting, you can send it over and then they can review it. So if you if you're good at doing your sketches and your note taking, you can flick it back straight away and that's actually your first iteration. And um, it works really, really well. So anyway, that's kind of how I do it in practice now. But I think if, and again, this is not necessarily for consultants or executives. I mean, this is really for anybody. If you if you want to make one big change in your daily operating rhythm, one thing you can you can really do that will have a big impact is to start sketching. Even if you're getting up on the whiteboard, start doing sketching. Your your staff actually some will struggle with it initially, but your staff will much will will really appreciate what you're doing because they'll start to get the pictures that you might have in your head and really start to you know see what it is you're seeing in your mind and um, and it tends to make things a little bit clearer for them so staff usually appreciate that but again whether we're you know talking to partners you know family members kids whatever the the sketching the doodling is a big thing you know we always get well I, I always got told as a kid growing up to stop the doodling you know in in junior high high school whatever stop doodling on the side of your paper and lo and behold, doodling is actually something that's um, that's quite impactful and phenomenal for our um, for our creativity. So anyway, this is something you can do straight away. It actually really does help. It makes a huge difference. I know it seems like a quite a random podcast, but this was a question I got. So thank you very much for the question. Yes, I do it all the time, and that's how I would suggest you approach it. Anyway, thanks a lot, guys. It is still cold and it is still dark out here. But um, hopefully you go on and have a fantastic rest of the day. We'll see you soon. Bye.